Hello, everyone in podcast land. I'm David. And I'm John O. And this is the show where we summon icons, we make friends, uh, and realize that the friends we had the whole time were the crystals that we are here to, to celebrate. It's the what? Let's Wing It show. <laughs> <laughs> is that for, for the game? I no, don't not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. And we have a treat for you today. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things, including my thoughts on Final Fantasy 16. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Apple TV show Platonic. Uh, John is going to tell you about his fancy pantsy dancy valancy experience of being on a private jet in an emergency. What a story. Uh, and I yeah. realized something that I forgot to talk about. I want to talk. I'll give a recommendation for a new show that you should all watch at the end of the show. So stick around uh, and we'll get there and we'll talk about it. Okay. I'm, I'm going to watch, you know, uh, Succession and Severance. Okay. Like it, I'm, I'm going to watch it. No, it's a different show. It's a different show, Jono. Oh. I, have, I, I have one too. I have one too. I, I can, cool. I can talk one near the end. Maybe but that yeah, can be a, a, a segment for us ongoing is like at the end of the week, a recommendation for something that we didn't, we won't talk about. We'll just give a recommendation. God. Well, I, I would have to say ever since I start, we started this podcast, I'm like consuming more content everywhere. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. shit. So recommendations once a week is going to be yeah. like, Ooh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> that's pretty work? much it. So let's, let's like, here's a show that I watched the trailer for. We're going to talk about platonic. And it was very interesting because I love both actors. I love uh, Seth, uh, Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen, and then Rose, yeah, and Rose uh, Bruce Burn, 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 I believe, Burn? yeah, yeah, because you know Rose, I loved her because she's like she's she's like she's a wonderful lady. She's hilarious, and she's been in so many good movies. And I was like, they teamed up with Seth. Let's go! And it's mm-hmm. so far, I've actually quite like it as it's kind of like the same realm of bad things happen to bad people making bad choices mm-hmm. and it's fantastic so far yeah i uh i have also watched it i'm a little bit behind you i think i'm episode four or five uh i mm-hmm. think it's funny it's clever it captures you know that that human struggle in a really authentic way and i i was surprised i thought it was just going to be a bunch of crass humor uh, but it's not. It's really, it's really clever, and it it hits emotionally in the ways that I want it to. I think it's it's it, I we stopped watching it. Not I'm going to keep watching, but yeah. me and Cassie were watching it, and Cassie stopped watching it just because she hated the main character so much. Uh, but I think yeah. that that's the point. The point is that you like you see that together they are the best versions of themselves and the worst versions of themselves. That they yeah. bring out the best and the worst in each other. Um, and it's complicated that friendships are complicated. Um, yeah, and so, I, yeah. Oh yeah. So just like, maybe just for the viewer, just in case you haven't watched it, it's about two people living separate lives that used to be best friends. So they were best friends, uh, way long ago. And they were so close that, uh, like, actually, let me go to the names. I think the Seth's character is Will and Rose's character is Sylvia. And basically, they're both middle-aged, so they're over the 40s, and were, you know, honestly, it's tough to make friends, like, at that age. Like, even my age, like, I moved to a new country. I'm on Bumble, like, literally, just like, I wonder if I can meet some new friends. Make friends, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, like, obviously, I made made friends at work, everyone, like, we're going to go hang out to a party this weekend, but it's like, you know, those people, like, I want to be close with, but anyways... 
um, the situation is that uh, Sylvia's uh, Sylvia is a over forty. She has three kids and she hasn't worked for over thirteen years, as she was a stay-at-home mom. Where her husband is a practicing lawyer, becomes partner at a law firm, and they're both lawyers. And she has a law degree. She's passed the bar and everything, and she's kind of like stuck in that rut, like you know, mm-hmm. typical things at, when you go in that age. Will's situation is that he went through a divorce and he was kind of like damaged emotionally because I think if I recall correctly, you know, it was a happy marriage and then things just kind of broke down. Like, you know, people fall out of love, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And it's him, his journey trying to get past his divorce. And also he's a brewmaster who considers himself as an artist and doesn't want to compromise his his yeah his beer his liquor that he makes uh for the corporate agenda even though kind of it's kind of a good move (laughs) yeah and i think one of the things that the show does really well is that it looks at how people find their comfort zones and you kind of like shrink Mm -hmm. to fit into the box that you create for yourself and what the show is does a really good job is that when these people that you know were so big and like in love in terms of friendship platonic friendship um they like break each other out of their boxes. And so like, you know, they push them a little bit harder than they would out of their comfort zone. So there's these silly scenarios. There's like kind of good setups, uh, but yeah. the show never becomes like unbelievable. It never becomes ridiculous. It's just like, it's just like, it's great. And it's so human. Yeah. And I, they captured something so authentic and real. Uh, and yeah, I, I just, love it. Yeah. It was like so many good moments of it. Cause I actually had like for me, uh, other than David and a couple of other guys, uh, I actually have really deep friendships with a lot of women. Like I don't know why. I think it mm. it might you know if I'm gonna go psychological on myself and analyze myself, I think it's the fact that because my dad was doing school and working a lot when I was a mm. kid, and you know, it was always my mom and my sister. So I grew up around women, and then you know my mom's friends and my sister's friends. I always kind of grew up in kind of a very female strong household and you know i'm i'm hetero like i'm married to my wife and but i have a lot of actually like girl space friends like i don't have i only have my wife yeah, yeah, yeah. like marissa like one of my best friends she's off traveling europe right now like we're like best friends like we text each other every day we talk every day and i kind of really that's how i drew drew myself in this movie uh, this show because I hate that stereotype unless movies where two people are best friends, like my best friend's wedding. It's like yeah. guys and girls can be friends yeah. and it's fine. It doesn't have yeah. to be sexual at all. And, yeah. but what I really love is that, um, is yeah, they do push themselves in the comfort zone. Everything is very realistic or even shows kind of like the detriment of like people blaming other people for their own faults and Mm -hmm. that becomes more prevalent later in the show yeah one of the things i really like is how the the show slowly kind of unveils that they're bringing out the worst in each other and that like they're kind of like you know enabling each other to bring back those things that they had put away for good reason Uh, and i really enjoy just like as an audience member slowly realizing you're like oh this is really funny but like they're actually kind of bad for each other. Uh, and so yeah. I'm excited to see, like I said, I'm not done the show, but I'm excited to see how they pay that off. And I think it's 
important that it lands that. And I hope that it does in a realistic way of like, this person is good for you and bad for you. And you need to like set boundaries with people yeah. uh, and like recognize that each friendship has the a place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was like one thing I was kind of talking to because, you know, um, you know, Jillian, I was talking to her. I'm like, I actually had to stop because there was an episode. Whoa. Sylvia's uh, husband was kind of getting jealous of this friendship, and she, but he understands it's not sexual at all. Yeah. Like it's not romantic or anything. And then I had to pause that because I actually had to go talk to Jillian. I was like, yo, like just I, maybe this is just a realization, but you're okay with me being friends with all these women, right? She's like, yeah, like it's fine. Like you, you've been friends with these people for like five, eight, ten years or since you're 18. Um, yeah. it's fine. And it's like, but it's like, you know, you understand like I'm a different person around these mm -hmm. people. Like, and she's like, yeah, like, cause it just feels like you, I am a different person with when, when my friend Marissa, or I'm a different person when I'm around Nikki. Cause like mm -hmm. these people represent moments of my life, life before Jillian or even during Jillian, mm -hmm. but it allows me to be a different person too. Cause like the, you're not the same person with your partner. And so one of those things that kind of made me realize that me being with Jillian is one way and that's, I feel like that's my true self, but maybe with Marissa, I'm more kind of outgoing, active and willing to try a lot of different things that I would never mm -hmm. do. Or Nikki brings me back to my past, back to my paintball days and her, mm -hmm. her and I can chat about all that stuff. So was, I had to like have a conversation she's like, yeah, I totally hundred percent understand. And then also that like, she brought up her friends. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. So, Mm -hmm. it's it's a very like it it's a very eye-opening kind of thing about friendships and i mm -hmm. i truly love this show so far but yeah it, mm -hmm. i'll go back to my first original point they do some shit where you're like whoa you should not be doing that yeah for me the moment where i was like oh no was when rose McGuin does coke uh and then it becomes they oh. realize that it's k and i was like yeah come on, man. Like, yeah, you can go and party and do the stuff, but like you have kids at home. Don't fucking do Coke. Like maybe there's fentanyl in it. And like, yeah, that's me bringing in the real world and like real responsibility to it. But it's also like, sh like that's dumb. That's just dumb and frustrating. And like, that's stupid. Mm. And hopefully there's no real consequences, but I also kind of hope that there is. And she has to like deal with it. I don't know. I thought that bothered yeah. me for the, that was the first thing in the show. I was like, don't do that. Yeah, and I mean that that episode too was really interesting because, like, she wanted to throw Will a divorce party, right? Mm -hmm. And then because she went to a divorce party early in the day. But here's the thing: is that even though yes, I do enjoy the company of being with women and being best friends with them, mm -hmm. there are some things that female women do with other women. It you cannot really apply that kind of setting to maybe a group of men, at least maybe this group of men, as mm -hmm. everyone was like at the beginning, it's like, hey, yeah, well, this is a safe, comfort place, and we're gonna say nice things about this particular person to help support them through the divorce. Where she brings that party to Will and his friends, and it's almost That's like, yeah, right. let's go to a strip club, let's go to a strip yeah. club, let's do coke, and they're like, yeah, and I had to think about that. And I'm like, oh shit, did I make? marissa or nikki like really uncomfortable sometimes like shit <laughs> yeah. and so i think we should 
I I think our thoughts of the show are clear. We should do another like come around on this discussion when we're both done, so we can kind of be, speak yeah. about the spoilers and kind of be more specific. But if you're listening yeah. to this and you haven't watched Platonic, I think we're both highly recommending. I'm giving it the two uh, thumbs up. Yeah, Apple TV has been fucking killing it right now. Super it consistent like, and yeah, it, it it's just uh, like HBO. It feels like HBO's team left max and just like went yeah. to apple i think it's just a traveling group of like good writers and <laughs> just like, i know what know. happened was uh they were working at hbo and one day they showed up at the building and the logo outside said max and they're like we don't work at max we worked at hbo and they just kind of started wandering around and then apple swooped up in their helicopters and just like airlifted them and you know and yeah. it's like oh but, you guys uh, bought <laughs> yeah well and i've heard silo is really good and that's on my list so that might be after I finish, finish succession, I'm like three episodes from the end, finish this, uh, that might be next on the list, but that's a harder one. Cause yeah. Cassie, that's not, that's going to be a David only show. So David only shows happen a little slower than couple shows. Yeah. I, I, uh, I saw the trailer for silo and, um, I would have to say one thing too. Uh, Apple did a fucking genius move. Um, cause I think it's like almost over, I think, or a couple more episodes or three days in the last, whatever show has been going on. Apple released the first episode on Twitter of all oh, places. Oh, yeah. And they're like, three days left in the last episode of Silo. I'm like, and then, you know, even Jamie and Mr. Beats, that's how I found it because it's like he replied and I was like, oh, what are you replying to? And it just like, out of a series of 10 or eight episodes, they released the first one as like a longer than normal trailer, technically, yeah. kind of, yeah. to hook people in. Because it's a sci-fi thriller show and, or yeah. sci-fi thriller mystery show. So, yeah, the first well, episode funny, is going to be good. It's going to hook you in. Yeah, I feel like that model is going to come back because it, it's kind of coming back in video games like Final Fantasy 16. Uh, that's like that was a huge deal where it's it's demo increased pre-orders and increased this engagement and created excitement in a real way where people were like, Maybe I was going to play, maybe I wasn't, but they play the demo and then they go and do it. And it's like, why not do that with TV? Like, give away the first mm -hmm. episode and then people will want the later episodes. No one's going to watch one episode of a TV show they like and not want to see it. Like, maybe they won't like it, maybe they will. But like, what a great way to draw people in. Yeah, especially like this day and age where like everything, at least probably it might swing back to like to uh, live stations, maybe mm -hmm. because people don't want. People don't want choice. People are sick of choice because there's so much content out there. But if no. your content is video on demand behind a paywall, why not? It's such a big risk. But like the risk of no one joining your platform to not watch this amazing show is worse. So yeah, you lose that $5 million per episode budget they had and they, they could recoup. 30 million dollars out of it it's it's yeah. a risk that's worth having considering that you, you're not oh well, i mean you know this is not everyone but like it's it's a it's a captivating show and unfortunately enough my second point is i saw the trailer and i, I was like oh it's books i'm gonna read the synopsis and then i read it and i'm like oh i spoiled uh, it. now it's i know everything fudge so like yeah. i don't i don't want to see it but i if you know if you want to watch it and talk about it, I'll, I'll watch it because it sure. looks pretty cool you don't even have to watch it. I have a feeling that it'll be like kind of a more footnote thing. Unlike mm -hmm. my discussion of uh, Final Fantasy 16. I want yeah. to talk about it. I've played it. It came out last Thursday slash Wednesday because it happens at 9 yeah. p.m. for us. 
Um, and I've played it. I was not home most of the weekend. I was away in Penticton, which is like five hours away. Uh, but I brought my PS5. Uh, and I played it in the hotel first and then in the Airbnb and pretty much any free time I had at home where I wasn't needed, I was playing Final Fantasy 16. Um, and unfortunately that wasn't that much time. Like it was probably like a couple hours t- total on the weekend. But, um, my thoughts on Final Fantasy 16 are that it's pretty great. <laughs> it is. That's go ahead. Yeah. I'll, I'll finish off yeah. my thought. It is, there's things about it that are absolutely fantastic. And then there's some stuff that I wish could be tweaked or changed. Uh, But I think its greatest strength is that they had a very strong, cohesive vision. And then they saw that vision through to the end. And this is a complete game. Like it feels like like one of the most polished games I've played in God knows how long. Like there's no bugs. It just plays well. There's performance issues in the like performance mode, but I don't think the performance mode is meant to be played right now. I think it's the PS5 Pro mode, so it's like just kind of future proofing it. Um, but the the story is awesome. I'm super engaged. It's very like anime, and there's moments of poor setup where it's like they need something to happen in a scene, and the motivations for like the things to fall into place for that thing to happen are dumb. Like a very early example is you're like fighting someone and then when you beat them it turns out that it's like a long lost friend or something uh and so (laughs) that's so fucking typical it's super (laughs) super typical and it's not like their face was hidden or anything but that's not even the part that was like dumb uh so you knock her out because you fought we're fighting her um and then the people like a bunch of people come and they're gonna kill you and her um but you in the scene you like turn away from them and you run and you go and you like cradle her and it's like why wouldn't you fucking stand and fight like why would you go and cradle and like he like he like gives up and he cradles her and he's like uh and then you know last minute gets saved but (laughs) it was like the fuck this is so stupid it's and there's a couple times where that stuff like that happens but no go go ahead ahead. oh yeah japan has like a weird um sensibility issue or you know it's a very masculine country even though very feminine at the same time it's not weird but just like eh, it's kind of weird um it's it's let me it, let me correct myself it's not weird it's kind of like it's it they they flip a switch really quickly <laughs> between i'm a man to i'm a pretty boy which is cool but it's just sometimes the timing is really off you're like what and then those like times in anime, like that hap- that trope happens day in, day out. The ooh, that person, but that person that you're fighting was your long, long ago yeah. best friend, who's actually just as good as a fighter as you, but now yeah. you have to fight this group of guys and now you have to protect us. Like, no, like that fight just displayed how badass that person was. Why did he get weak? It's like this trope where in RPGs where you fight a bad guy enemy and that person's like super OP that can defeat your party and then when they join your party you're like oh you're yeah. fucking weak yeah they suck. they're the worst member of your party yeah it's so stupid <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I uh totally I think so in terms of like story the, there's little details that they kind of get wrong uh, and there's like little moments where I wish that they were more in command of using 
cinematic techniques to tell the story. Like there's a moment, I can't remember the exact line, but basically it's like a really intense personal moment. And the intense personal mm. moment, they they don't move into a close-up. They kind of do it from a wide shot. And it the the impact of the drama is totally lessened because it's like this side profile shot and it looks good and you can see shit in the background, but it's like I think a stronger move would have been, you know, move the camera closer to the eye line, get in tight so that you can see the delivery and see that. Video games are so complicated. There's a million technical reasons why they might have chosen that. Uh, but it feels semi-consistently that the they're not in full command of telling the story in the most effective way. But mm. the story they are telling is fucking awesome and I'm super engaged. Yeah. And I think that Clive is my favorite Final Fantasy protagonist. Like maybe really? ever. He's so fucking awesome. He's yeah. like, I find characters that are you know, pure good can be really boring, but they do a really good job giving him enough edge uh, and just being like, just a, a good guy, but he's not boring. Uh, but he's just like, he's single, per single purpose minded. And like Final Fantasy protagonists are generally kind of the worst character anyway. So it's not even like a super high bar for him to get over. But I think like, yeah. I'm just like, I'm just Team Clive, man. He's so hot. <laughs> He's so hot. Uh, <laughs> He's every so time I'm, kawaii. <laughs> yeah, every time I was playing, Cassie would come and be like, "He's so hot," and I'm like, "Uh huh." <laughs> Clive is so hot. Yeah, um, so much riz. So much, she's such a riz. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so the the, all the all the side characters you get to know, I fell in love with them. Uh, the villains, I hate them, uh, but they do a good job defining them. And then there's just the combat, and I think the strength of the game, and clearly what was the focus, is the combat. And it's, mm. let's talk positives first. It's the best looking combat of any game ever. I think like in terms of like just flash and flare, uh, I've never seen a combat, combat in a video game look this fucking good. It feels amazing, but it's too easy. And I think that the game doesn't encourage you to switch it up enough. I think like you can kind of find your little combo of, sh of abilities that works really early on and you could stick with that till the end. Uh, and I found yeah. that I had to choose to be like, okay, I'm going to like, you know, spend points. I'm going to, I'm going to avoid min maxing and I'm going to spend points on things that aren't directly the best thing just so I can see different things and try different things. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. wish that one. So one thing that I was surprised by is that the elements of your attack don't matter. So it's like, it's not like a new normal JRPG stuff or like Pokemon where it's like, yeah, if you do a lightning attack on a water guy, it does double damage or, you know, fire on a or on a on a plant type or whatever. Mm. That's not a thing. It's just the different abilities or the different icon types. So like, you know, fire and this thing, they have different attacks and like they'll, you know, have a different balance of like stagger to damage kind of thing. Yeah. But I was kind of surprised that there's no like elemental part. That's that's really interesting because like, you know, you like like let's say let's just grounded in pokemon because like for me japanese games are really grounded in base fundamentals and nothing gets more fundamental than the rock paper scissors method which is like sure. pokemon lightning beats water water beats earth fire. earth beats yeah. uh fire fire or it's no earth beats earth, uh, earth beats, beats lightning i think air i think lightning. i thought or opposite yeah, I think they have resistance. That, that, yeah, there's a whole chain of yeah, rock paper. There's scissors. a whole chain of system, and like Japanese games are kind of like built on that foundation. And to hear that, that's really weird. Um, wow, 
<laughs> yeah, I think it's interesting because like I think Final Fantasy games are often a response to what other Japanese role-playing games are doing. So I could see them. I'm sh- Let's be real. It was obviously a discussion. Like it was obviously, do we want this to be part of it? It was not. And after, you know, however many years they decided, no, that's not the direction we're taking. And it could be a response to that's what everything's always done. So we want to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a shame. Like, I think it would be so much more fun if like you had to st- strategize. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm heading into a fucking volcano. Let's equip yeah. my like ice and water abilities uh, and that do that. Cool. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. Pokemon games, you do that all the time. Like you're in the, yeah. the volcano and you're going to equip water people. Um, but like, the one thing I did find, yeah, like you hearing that the certain combos and you've kind of figured it out. Um, yeah, Yakuza is like known for that. Like I remember when I was playing before, Jillian just kind of booted me off and started playing. Uh, like there was like there was like a combo that I would just as my default combo, and it was just mm-hmm. like it was like square square triangle X square, yeah. and I I that, I've done it so much I can almost remember it and even picture how it looks. But I did that until like I finished the boss and I was like, yeah, oh, wow. kind of sucks. It's just that I think it's like Japanese combat is so rooted in like efficiency and mm. you can naturally, if you play long enough, you can kind of go, okay, this attack, this attack and this attack, maybe like those one boss or enemy type that you have to go, okay, it's a uh, base set two and then use that move and then mm-hmm. kind of go back and forth. And yeah, it just, it's when those, really unfortunate thing especially since i think they rooted this maybe i mentioned this last time they rooted this combat system or they got inspiration because of fighting game and 100 and you can really like so you can really see the dmc-ness in it even the fact that like most character action games you know if it's a face button focused one it's squares you know fast attack triangle strong attack circle is like you know either dodge or some like magic swipe and x is like mm-hmm. Uh, jump or or whatever. Uh, then you have mm. your shoulder buttons. Like there's usually you know a fast attack, a strong attack, uh, and magic. And this one there's yeah. only melee range, uh, and then you're like dodge or like your magic. Then you then you enter all your magics and stuff. So it's it's better because there's more focus on what the magic variants do. But then I found myself finding the combat. It's it sort of has the same weakness as the Final Fantasy VII remake where you're just waiting for the opportunity to use your abilities. So like everything in between doesn't really matter. You're like, okay, mash square, mash square, maybe a couple triangles in there to get your combo, like your combo going. So it's like, if you do like triangle, then square, it does a slightly stronger attack or square than triangle when they're on the ground, you can smash them or whatever. And so yeah. that stuff's good, but it's often just like, okay, I'm, I'm holding square, hold or pressing square, pressing square. Okay. The staggers high enough. Okay. Now I'll use my magic all at once. And it's super fun. It looks super fucking good. But because it's so easy, sometimes mm-hmm. I find myself not fully engaged. And I I love it and I'm having a really good time. But I find like there's the last part I played. I'm going to do spoiler free yeah. in terms of like major story spoilers. I'll maybe like talk about early stuff. But the section I just played is a it's a big section. And it's like, you know, it's a build up to a big fight with a big character. And you're like, oh, shit, fucking crazy. So you're running mm-hmm. through the level and you're, you're doing all these these fights uh and so one of the mechanics they have instead of having like basically an endless inventory um for potions yeah. you'll have like it's more like dark souls where you have limited slots for potions so you have 
by by default, you can have four potions, which will heal 20% of your health, and three high potions, which will heal 40% of your health. And so when you do a dungeon, that's what you'll have. So you have to be careful not to take too much damage or else you run out of potions. And you there is no healing spells per se. Um, yeah. like a, like Bloodborne, where if you take damage quickly, you can heal some of that back. So you can kind of like do abilities to get some of your health that you just oh, okay, lost yeah. back. But there's not like a Cura spell or Curaga spell that you can be like, all right, we're back to full health. Use a little mana. There's not, there's no mana. It's just ability cooldowns. Um, But so yeah, the potions are your, like, that's like, that's basically your, your dungeon timer. When you're like, when you're out of potions, you're kind of fucked. But what I found (laughs) is in the last several levels is that I've mastered the combat so well. Oh, okay. One more detail before we get into it. If you are full on potions and you pick up another one, it'll just be like, uh, you have no room, you use the potion. So it's like, anytime you pick up something that you don't have room for, you just automatically use it. Um, That's kind of cool. It's it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but what I've found is that more and more, I'm not using any potions in combat because I, I have it perfected and so like streamlined. Yeah. And then I keep picking up more in potions and high potions, but I'm already at full health. And so I just constantly get this. You used your potion. I'm like, I didn't need to. I could have just fucking left it like and I, it's <laughs> it's a small thing. But I think the difficulty tuning is off. There is a yeah. new game plus mode. But am I really going to get to the end of 40 hours, 40 to 90 hours and be like, I immediately want to play this again for the right difficulty. And it's like, that's fine. And I, I feel like I've said more negative things than not. I'm so engaged yeah. in this game and I really fucking care. And as soon as we're done, uh, I'm going to have dinner and I'm going to see if I can convince Cassie to watch TV while I play Final Fantasy 16 <laughs> because I really, I'm really fucking enjoying it. And it's, yeah. it's the best Final Fantasy in a lot of ways, but it's not perfect. Yeah. And I have a feeling, I think, th- I think the general consensus is pretty high on this one. I have a feeling over the years, it'll go down slightly because the flashy combat isn't going to age super well. And because I think people are going to become more and more honest with the shortcomings um, that make it that it's not the deepest game that it could be, but I might be proven wrong. Maybe the new game plus mode will like really deepen the mechanics in an, in a important or in an essential yeah. way that it'll shift how I see the game and how everyone sees the game yeah. to be like, Oh, that depth is there because sometimes I'm like, Oh, there is more to it than I am doing. But then I'm like, well, I'm I'm beating these bosses by doing what I'm doing. So why yeah. why am I, why would I change? I'm gonna assume you're on action mode, like the game game mode, not like yes. the story mode. Yes. So yep. that's oh, that's super surprising. But I mean, you're still like, you're like you're like what like twenty percent in or no no no, I'm more than that. I'm probably really I'd I'd say like 40 percent. So there's okay, kind of like cool. five big things that I have to do and I've done two of them. And so right, I'm at so least that far. 40%, in. So you're 40% in. Um, yeah. I, I will guarantee this. Like I'm just being just crazy busy, but this weekend I have time. Well, oh no shit. No, sorry. I have a party to go to on Friday night, Sunday. Granted it is America's birthday this weekend or the Tuesday. So on Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. So I will try Woo! to play. I'm actually gonna buy some fireworks. Uh, you can okay. Watch you wait. Here's a, here's a, I'm just listening. It. Uh, you can buy fireworks from a grocery store 
It is Hell so yeah. weird. Hell yeah. Like, I'm just Let's like go. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like going. I'm like, oh, I got to get some vinegar because Jillian asked. And I'm like, and there's like a no smoking sign. I'm like, are you smoking a store? And I look, I'm like, what is all this? And it's, here's the thing. Fireworks packaging is like insane. Those like names for products. Like I've known like Phantom. Yeah. Like what is a Phantom? And I think yeah. kind of like. It's I was so micro and I'd like step back and you step back and it was like huge boxes full of fucking fireworks. I'm like, what? You could even get it. I started noticing it everywhere. Every like I went to Target, I went to like this local one called Wise. Even Costco has fucking fireworks. Fuck and yeah. I'm, hell I yeah. Wanna, I want to try buying some. I'm gonna buy some fireworks. I got I got to do it. Got yeah, to be a proper to. America. Welcome to America. Yeah. And I'm I'm gonna go to Costco and buy a set. And I'm gonna see. I'm like, do I attempt to return it? Like that sucked. Like <laughs> just see what. <laughs> but yeah, does uh, uh, Cadence does Cadence like fireworks? No. Well, I hope no. it's not firecrackers. If it's like fireworks, like just the visual ones, she's fine. But if it's like the ones that explode and make tons of noise, like, yeah. No, then then she gets like scared. Like we had thunderstorms yeah. here, and then she like hid. She was like, oh, I'm I'm like I'm scared. But uh, what? Sorry, what was it? What were we talking about again? Um, Final Fantasy 16. sixteen. You're gonna play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta play it. Yeah, Sunday. I'll I'll probably put some time on Sunday because I'm probably gonna be hungover a little bit. So I'll, I'll put some in. But though, hell yeah. How's this like the story? This you said the story was good. Is it like complicated? Because I heard from the developers they had to had to make a document or like a tree or some sort of reference material <laughs> to make sure that they're yes. on track. So that's a great question because um, you can clearly see the kind of traditional fantasy inspirations. Like it's pretty easy to be like, oh, they like Game of Thrones, don't they? Uh, and so there's a complicated it's it's not nearly as complicated as Game of Thrones in terms of like political intrigue. But yeah. there is like, you know, multiple kingdoms and like different people within them that are fighting and civil wars and battles and stuff. One of the things that I think the game's really clever with is not only like naturally in the story, they'll explain stuff or like you'll go to people and they'll kind of like be like, okay, this is what happened in this battle and they'll really play it out. Anytime you're watching a cutscene, when you pause, there's like a button you can press for like active time lore, I think is what they call it. And basically it's a button that'll like show every person in the conversation that's important, every like kingdom that's being talked about or like important events. And you can yeah. click on those and it'll explain what they are and how they fit into this. So uh, if you ever do get lost, which sometimes I do, they're like, ah, oh, the, the Holy Empire of Sambrek attacked the, I, the, the uh, attack storm. And I'm like, who's that again? I don't remember that. And I can hit the active time lore button and be like, Sambrek. Oh, that's the emperor. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sure. <laughs> and so that's, that's they, like the cliff notes for like college books. You're like, what yeah, is that? A little bit. <laughs> and so it's the, some of the political intrigues kind of, a bit more than usual, but the core story is pretty simple uh, yeah. in the best way where you're like, all right, Clive, let's fucking go, dude. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> uh, and so the political stuff is kind of more set dressing and there's like, there's elements of it that matter, but like really all you need to know is like, yo, Cl Clive's coming, man. Clive's fucking yeah. coming, dude. And it's um, like, it's still dark, right? Like from the intro sequence, dark. I was like, yeah, like they swear, um, those, those, like, is there like, oh yeah, I think I saw a couple of things on Twitter, but those like, those language issues, right? Like, 
like someone says like oh check out my cock and like whoa but it's like talking about a chicken and i'm not too sure oh, i didn't was i didn't like, see that one yeah oh sorry i ruined it for you but it's like nah. but like the thing is that they weren't trying to be funny like if you look at the scene it's just like i don't know no one stopped them during the directing stages and it's like sure. the actor didn't go like you know that you shouldn't say cock because of this you should say chicken or a rooster yeah. because like if you look at the scene how i played out it's like it didn't pause for a comedic effect it just like kept going and you're like yeah oh they really i love that, that shit word. though I, I love that stuff <laughs> i feel like you can definitely sense the translation in the game it's uh the best the series has ever seen in terms of like not really being in the way and mm. the lip sync in of the models is to the English track. The English track is the preferred track, even in Japan for Japanese players. They they told Japanese player players play, played in English, few subs. Um, and so it's that's a, so it's, weird for Japanese. Yeah, games. so they yeah they translated it. So because they're trying to go for like that medieval Europe thing, you know, they were trying to be mm. authentic. Um, they they the English is the primary language, but you can definitely tell some of the like medieval language is kind of used a little clumsily. Uh, yeah. And you're like, that's kind of right. But like, it's also like not necessary. <laughs> it's just, it's just so, so weird that they had it all in English and no one just says like, Ooh, we shouldn't say that. That doesn't make sense. Unless it's just like, like the director was just too scared to fight against the writers slash the creators of final fantasy so it's like yeah it, maybe just... i i have a feeling that at some point it was it it did become a joke uh maybe not yeah. everyone's in on it but i think that like the voice actors and the english localization team knows that like it's a cock uh and so i think <laughs> that's the stuff that that i find more fun than uh distracting i haven't came across mm. that specific example um yeah. but i find the lip sync even though it is like the english language one outside yeah. of like the cutscene cutscenes where it's like a really important scene and like the camera's moving and like it's like a it's like a full video yeah. uh, even though it's an engine the lip sync is bad <laughs> and the way the lips move is not quite right like you yeah. can tell they have like a uh like a procedurally generated motion to match the text and yeah. sometimes it's fine, and but a lot of the time I find myself distracted to the point where I'm like, that must have been Japanese text that was coming out of the like that the mouth is doing, but it's not. Mm. It's English. Yeah. Um, but the cutscenes are fucking awesome. Emotionally, I'm, I have so many like so many hype moments where I'm like, oh yeah, we're fucking going, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so yeah, I yeah, it's not a perfect game, um, but it's fucking awesome. And it's I'm probably, having so much fun and I can't wait to play more. Yeah. It was a, it was one question, right? So, um, final fantasy has traditionally been kind of like a weird looking game, but in recent iterations, at least after, after at least 13, at least of FF, uh, the MMOs, the games have kind of graphically looked fo almost photorealistic now. Since the trend of them going to more realism, like even this one, like just even that action mm. uh, intro scene, do you think they could ever go back to a like Final Fantasy Nine where it kind of looks kind of goofy, or do you think they're just gonna yeah? 
I, I definitely on the side stories and remakes and stuff like even was it Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis is half chibi, half like more realistic style. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, it's more photorealistic, but the characters themselves are kind of anime. Like they're not super photorealistic. The environments are more. Yeah. And it's a beautiful game. There's definitely like rough edges where it's like, oh, I wish, you know, they had the time or the resources to tackle everything in the same way that a Naughty Dog does where like mm-hmm. and you play a Naughty Dog game and like there's no fucking rough edges. Like every animation feeds into the next every like there's no like door where the handle texture is really shitty it's like it feels like there's a couple things where i'm like oh it's weird that they cut that corner Mm -hmm. um but overall it's a fucking stunning game there's like moments where the environment is like truly incredible uh some like the big vistas and stuff it's like fantasy and medieval fantasy but it's so grandiose that it feels new and fresh um, and like I said, flashiest combat I've ever seen. It's fucking awesome. It's so fun to look at. Yeah. Um, but I think the unsung hero, well, it's probably sung about elsewhere, but I haven't really read any reviews or like looked in depth is the music. The music is perfect. It's yeah. so good. It's got an all original soundtrack and it's like one of the longest soundtracks of any final fantasy game ever. And it has all these incredible tunes. Like I like the boss tune, the, but what I love most about it is that it utilizes some of the traditional Final Fantasy themes. Like, you know, like the like mm. the opening, the prelude, like the do 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 So that and the So it uses I just, those. I just got shivers just like you know, like, yeah. yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so it it uses both of those really cleverly intersp like splice into the 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 score of this game yeah. at these like incredible fucking moments. Mm-hmm. Uh like I don't want to spoil anything, but like the music in this game is so fucking incredible. Again, there's just like mm-hmm. there's a few moments where I'm like, that's an interesting choice. But like yeah. 99.9999% of the time, I'm like, this is the best fucking music ever, man. I, I think, fucking love I, the music. I mean, I think no one really mentions the music because it's defaulted that Final Fantasy all the, I'm not going to say yeah, all even the, the bad ones. ones. Yeah. Uh, I have like dope tracks. I'm not going to, I will, I will kind of put an asterisk on that. Cause, um, uh, X two was weird. Cause it was like a pop. Game. Yeah. Uh, I would, I yeah. didn't play it. Cause I was just like, this is dumb. I'm not going to play this. Um, but yeah, like Final Fantasy music has just traditionally always been sick. So yeah, I will not disagree with you, but maybe this one was like, it's always been sick, but now this one is just like sicker. Um, so hopefully. Yeah. I feel like for me, I, okay. So I haven't played 14. I haven't played 11, but the last time that the music hit me this hard, I mean, 13 has some pretty good music, but I think the last time the music hit me this hard was probably 10, like that two Xanarkin yeah. theme, the like piano and the, that tune is fucking incredible and there's some tunes in this and i'm like oh they're hitting hard 13 which i think is the agreed upon worst final fantasy um i actually like final 13 fine that's lightning right yeah that that one has some fucking incredible tunes like i think the battle theme in 13 is like one of the best battle themes of the entire series but um yeah, so that's that's my thoughts on Final Fantasy 16. Uh, really great game, totally worth playing if you have a PS5. It's selling really well. It's the 
sixth best selling PlayStation exclusive or fastest selling PlayStation exclusive. Uh, and that's pretty incredible when you consider that's a PS5 exclusive. So a lot of Sony games have been PS5 and PS4 so that it has this 120 million install base plus 30 whatever million. But this is only it can only be sold to 30 million people or however many PS5s there are. Mm. Um, and so it's it's doing really well. And hopefully when it hits PC and maybe Wait, Xbox or whatever, you it, said how many PS5s? 30 million? I'm not 100% sure. I, th- I know yeah. it's over 30 million. Let, let me check. PS5 units sold. Yeah. 38.5 million. Yeah. Uh, and so if it's over 3 million, so it's almost 1 in 10 PS5 owners have Final Fantasy 16. I mean, um, it makes sense because like the more it feels like Oh, this might this might bite me in the butt. Um, like back in the Super Nintendo versus Genesis days, feels like Super Nintendo was a great system. Uh, but Genesis was always kind of like catered to the mature audience. Uh, yeah, the hardcore. Not, yeah, the hardcore ones, and that's what it feels like Sony always does. Granted, that might be kind of wrong, but I've always feels like everyone I know that has a PS like PlayStation is always like a little bit like either my age or younger or a little bit older, like around mm-hmm. my age category. But I mean, I like it. That being said, the only other people I can really compare it to is my nieces and nephews mm-hmm. uh, who are like 10 and 12 and they play the switch all the time. So that's really bad. Yeah. So but I always see every time they came over to my house, they were like my, my oldest nephew was always eyeing the PS5. He's like, can I play some PS5 games? I'm like, I don't have any games <laughs> That you could? You can play. So, <laughs> no. They're like, oh, but you have God of War. I'm like, how do you know about God of War? Like, don't, no. Yeah. No, yeah, not yeah. playing that game. Uh, that's but so that's funny. sweet. Like, one out of 10 is like, I, that's like, maybe that's a bad number for them, but it's it's probably growing every day, especially since school is out now. Um, it's just yeah. going to go. Pachoo. And I, I have a feeling that those numbers are high too because of the demo where people played it and were like, I'm buying it right now. And so yeah. I think that probably helped uh, just at, at least to compensate versus, you know, much higher install bases. So I think Sony learned a really good lesson here at how to kind of distribute a game because they learned it from The Last of Us when the show was going on. The remake had a two hour demo and they probably like look at the data from that and then saw how many people converted from the two hour demo mm-hmm. to buying the remake of the game and then going mm-hmm. Sony you like Square Enix you have to do it this way because yeah it shows and there you're I think you're 100% right I think that's gonna be the move from now on Xbox kind of has that already but no one really buys Xbox games anymore because Game Pass is kind of working we'll out well for them yeah, yeah so although I'm always surprised like I find people like I was talking to Ploof at work and he's like well I'm gonna buy Starfield on Steam and I'm like why the fuck would you buy Starfield? Why wouldn't you just, you know, get playing pass? Say, well, I like to own it on Steam and I want to pay for the collector's edition so that I can get access a week early. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Whereas like me, the value of games isn't like, that's not a good use of value, but yeah. people are still doing that. People are still making the choice to pay for games, even when they could be getting them for free. Actually, here's one thing, maybe a little pivot here. So I think I read on the article, Starfield's going to be the first game or at least most recent big game that's not going to have any physical copies it's all purely digital 
So just the collector's editions. They clarified oh, okay. all yeah. the collector's editions will have a code. Okay. Um, well, I mean, still, like, it, here's the weird thing. I think this is, maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, Starfield, the collector edition, still comes with a steel book. So. Oh, okay. So for listeners, if you're younger than us, um, so steel book is usually where, like, it's a metal case that's really graphically, artistically done that houses mm-hmm. the game. But for a game that is going to be digital only, regardless if it's a piece of paper with the code on it, what the fuck's the point of a steel book? It's just like, it looks good on a shelf, but it's, it's but essentially empty. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like as more and more people are crammed into smaller and smaller spaces and that, you know, earthly possessions are less important and everything is a digital library. Steelbooks don't make any more sense. It's just, I think it's for them, you know, they have the manufacturing process. It's cheap and it's premium. So it's going to be hard for them to break out of that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Collector's editions fascinate me. And this era of switching between mostly fit, well, 100% physical to mostly physical to mostly digital is very fascinating to me. And like mm-hmm. seeing it happen differently on different consoles, like the switch is a much more physical media console. Like a lot yeah. of people are still buying physical media for the switch. And a lot of people are still buying, you know, Xbox and PS five games physical, but yeah, we are being encouraged more and more to buy digital. Yeah. Uh, and so collector's editions, it's like, well, what do you include? Like, do you include a physical copy? Cause that's actually one of the reasons I didn't get the final fantasy 15 collector's edition because mm-hmm. it comes with a physical game and I don't have a, disc ps5 and i could have gotten it and i could have sold the game sure but it's like that's just an extra hassle whereas the spider-man 2 collector's edition it has you know the figure and everything but it comes with a digital code and so what will be the norm moving forward or will there be two skews what do you think yeah i i think honest to god like it's gonna be all digital but here's my Mm -hmm. kind of like scary thing and i maybe i've alluded this in the I think I talked about this album. about bringing it up again. So here's the problem is uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of things. So you, even though you get a code, that code is redeemable once and it's only mm-hmm. per account. So here's my issue with digital copies is that for most accounts have two FA, two factor authentication. For me, this is what just happened to me. And I'll kind of talk more about this later. But from my Nintendo account, I lost my 2FA because I was a dummy. Oh. I switched phones, but it this is, oh, I'm going to even talk about this later. Um, I didn't import my Google Authenticator to my new phone. Now, Google has changed that, that if you just log in, you keep your authentication codes. Now, yeah. a month after that happened to me, so I'm like super pissed about it. But yeah. um, I lost access to my original Nintendo account. Granted, it's still logged yeah. into that switch, but here's the problem. I can't switch my account to another switch. It's yeah. like my account's locked to that that console forever. Like it doesn't switch to, I have to leave that account behind. Thankfully enough, oh. I only bought two games for it that I don't okay. play anymore. So I have a feeling that I'm not gonna use it anyway. So I have a new account. So sure. <clears throat> I think unfortunately enough the physical skew is going to be gone. Like he okay. does a lot of arguments like, you know, environmentalism and all that stuff. It's more econ- economical. Publishers make more money, blah, blah, blah. 
but it's kind of a yeah. lost art because I came from the age where game boxes were big and then they became small and now they became a CD and now yeah. it's nothing. So it's yeah. a little bit sad, but I think it's the way how, how it's going to be. And, but just PSA, yeah. don't lose your authentication. Um, it sucks. It really sucks. All right, John, that's enough. Final Fantasy 16. Why don't you tell us about your rich bitch? <laughs> Sitch. <laughs> So I told this story, viewers, uh, listeners, uh, I told this story a bit in the Drumettes Patreon. Um, there's some details I'm not going to repeat on here. So if you want the details, go sign up to our Patreon Drumettes, patreon.com slash let's wing it. But I'll tell the story. So on Tuesday, yesterday, or whenever, uh, there was an event called Collision Conference that we were invited to, Marquez and I, to attend and Marquez had a speaking engagement with AT&T CTO. But the last couple of days here in the East Coast have been riddled with rain and thunderstorms. I thought thunderstorms were big in Canada. These were ones that will shake your house. Like, it was like midnight. I hear all the fixtures just like rattling. And I'm like, this is me. I'm like, yay, this is sweet. Jillian I love thunderstorms. Out. Yeah, Jillian was Aww. freaking out. Kate is freaking out. But anyways, the big problem is that this was canceling a lot of flights. So we were worried going to Toronto about not making it because um, it was a speaking event. We were invited and we were worried that we were going to miss it. Yep. Tuesday morning, we got there. Flight leaves a little bit late, like 10 minutes. Not a big deal. And it was fine. It was great. So we got to the hotel. We were invited, driven, everything. We were like pampered to the craps, like luxury, everything. It was great. Hell it felt like yeah. it was special. It just, the only thing missing was the person was like, text me when you're there. And I was kind of hoping someone would have my name on a piece of paper. And I was like, damn it. But it was fine. Like, I was like, okay. The hotel was fantastic. It was great. And um, we were then scheduled to get picked up at the hotel at 2 do for the speak engagement at four. So two o'clock rolls around. We got picked up and we're making our way to the event. We get pinged because our schedule is that we fly in after speak engagement, then we fly out like same day event. And from Toronto to New York, mm-hmm. it's only a one hour away. So it's not a big deal. Like Marquez does it all the time. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Um, it's yeah. great. So two o'clock runs around. We're on our way to the event. We both get pinged that our flight has been canceled. And we kind of half expected this was going to happen because of the storms. Yeah. But we get updated five minutes later that the rebooking of the flight was not that day, but two days from that. So it was Tuesday, and then we wouldn't be able to go home until Thursday. Most cases, that wouldn't be of too much of a problem. For most other people in different industries. But here's the thing. You have to remember, we make videos and Marquez is not at the studio. We can't make videos. So we were not panicking, but we're okay. We acknowledge that this was a problem and we have several methods to fix this. So mm-hmm. he calls up United Airlines. That's his preferred you know, airline. And he has like, he has like, he has like Michael Bay status. Like he just walks in and just kind of flies like immediately. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I thought you'd get VIP treatment. I get VIP treatment from Air Canada because I have the credit card and the status. Uh, he was trying to figure it out. I was trying to figure it out. And uh, eventually enough, we found out that there was a flight on my side that we could take that would go from Toronto, Quebec City, Quebec City to uh, Newark or G- no GFK, which is like an hour away from our studio, which sucks. But it was our only choice, and it was two thousand dollars per yeah. person. But we would make it at least today, the next day at eight thirty. So we we're like, okay, that might okay. be the backup plan. And also hearing this, the driver also hears us saying, "Hey, I will drive you to New York for sixteen hundred dollars US." And we're like, "We'll put a pin on that because it takes about he's like six seven hours." I'm like, "That might be a bit better." That's a better option than that multi-flight journey for sure. Yeah, four thousand dollars Canadian versus sixteen hundred dollars US, and you get there sooner, probably better. So we put a pin on it. But then this is me. I'm like, okay, backup plan. Because like, here's the thing: is like when you're kind of like doing the manager thing, you can't panic. You can't. You can't panic. But you can be kind of annoyed. That was. So I just, I was annoyed at these people because it's out of their controls. But I was kind of like, hey, to our agent. Um, or the the contact to and and I was like, hey, uh, since here's the situation. We're here. We're fine. We're safe. But our flights have been canceled. Um, on the way back, and this is the conference where like it's not a conference for public. It's kind of like for industry people to talk to industry people to hear from huge industries. And AT and T is one of the largest, oldest telecom companies in the world. Get to the point, Jono. Point. <laughs> Uh, so basically, yes, you, I told in the warm up, I'm like, okay, you know, little details get to the experience. Give me the, the give me the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And somehow Anyways. you made the details longer. It's great. I, I have to do a build up because I need to justify these. No, actions. you don't. <laughs> don't cancel. No. So, anyways, uh, AT&T um, fixed it. So they found a nice group of gentlemen to go. Hey, we got you. And we're like, what? So basically enough. They invited us to fly on a private jet way back to New York on the way to their destination. I'm not going to yeah. give any details because I kind of screwed up because I did, did I get canceled. They were going to Epstein Island. <laughs> Ooh, oh, no. <laughs> um, but so it was literally the most luxurious thing I've ever done. I've never been on a private jet Hell before. Yeah. So yeah, it's the coolest thing. Haven't. So here's, here's the thing with flying private or how the kids say flying a pj um so you <laughs> so you you don't go to the terminal where the peasants go you go to a terminal where it's like a little tiny building that is catered to small planes and you literally get driven driven to the plane and the guy's like all right we're here you can get out and i'm like i'm just like what is going on and I just see this huge Sad. jet and I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. And then I get out and then you're like, all right, you can walk on, sir. You Do you want to leave your luggage, your backpack here and I'll put it in your flight? I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a big boy. I can I can uh, bring my backpack. Yeah. So you walk up the plane. Like, it's like, you know, when you watch a movie, you see like that private plane open. It's that exact same door. And they had like a Sick. flight attendant that would just be like, I just find any set, sit anywhere you want. And the guy and the host were just so accommodating. 
They're like, yeah, just get anything you want. Like we have drinks, we have snacks, you want alcohol. And when you enter it, it just feels like you're king because they will do whatever they want, like you want. And the seats, I've like, okay, I'm privileged enough to say I've gone to a point where I flew business class, like lay down seats, and it's awesome. I have, I'm going to have issues. Marquez and I were talking. Well, like we sat down, like, I think we're going to have a problem. It's like, I'm like, what what is it? He's like, I don't know if I can go back. Because <laughs> like, here's the thing: these seats do recline flat, but here's it will. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a seat. You sit down, it reclines, everything like that. But also a button, you can it slides out, and you can pivot. Ooh, and I was just like, uh... I literally spent like 15 minutes. The guy, like this, like it was a sea level person. He was just laughing at me. I'm like, we. And like it was like this is so cool and everything yep. and it was just like it it just felt like like yes it's a very expensive thing but they make sure that they they warrant that you're spending millions of dollars on this aircraft that you're getting a, a, an experience that you're never going to get anywhere else so yeah of course yeah it was fantastic and it sounds gonna, pretty amazing yeah and i went to the bathroom I, I was worried because I went to the bathroom. I think I have photos of this. I'm, I'll post it in the Patreon group. <laughs> I I will. I looked and I couldn't see like a toilet. And it's like the biggest bathroom you've ever seen. Maybe aside from uh, United Arabs where they have a shower in the bathroom. But yeah, like, yeah, sure. You have to lift up the seat and then the toilet is there. And the toilet's huge. And it's just like, it's great. Like I'm, I, like, I'm like, I'm peeing in it. Private, private jet in a PJ, Pretty and it's cool. so great and luxurious. And I was like washing my hands, like it's great, it doesn't feel dirty and disgusting. And I checked out like those like thousands of drawers. So I was like, I'm by myself. Yeah. I'm gonna open all these drawers. <laughs> so you can see like those like toiletries, like full on toiletries, like nice toothbrushes. Oh, wow. Like not like those stupid hotel toothbrushes. Like yeah, these are like yeah, yeah, yeah. like or whatever. And I was like, deodorant. I stole a deodorant because I took a shower and I was starting to kind of like get stinky. So I like used it. Sure. I'm like, I'm not going to put this back, obviously. I'm just going to. No, you this. can't. No. And it's not. It's meant to be taken. For yeah. Sure. And then it was like, you just like open up all these drawers, like just a bunch of toiletries that makes your bathroom at home feel broke. I'm like, I don't have this. Should I buy one of these? Like they have like razors, <laughs> shavers and everything. They're like those like that eight blade razor. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like. You buy these? Even though it's fastball. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's great. And then, yeah. Um, long story short, we we get, we got there at six. So we couldn't fly until 10 because of weather issues. But the coasts were like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, like this is not how usually we operate. But, you know, there's a weather. And this is Marquez and me. We're like, it's fine. Like, it's, it's okay. Yep. Don't worry. It's great. They ordered pizza yeah, this is for normal us. normal for us. Yeah. 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 They, ordered, yeah. they ordered pizza for us. And they're like, yeah. We would like to serve you dinner that's on the plane, um, but like just in case of the weather clears up and we need to go, we don't want to dump everything. I'm like, yeah, don't worry. I'm like, yeah. but then I heard one of the other passengers like, oh, what is it? What are we going to have later? It's like, oh, we have like sauteed shrimp and steak and like, like, just like, like just things that you just, when you watch a movie and that's what they eat like that's how it is and you're like 
That's cool, man. Like, it's just, it's just so crazy. And I just couldn't believe it. And then, you know, when it takes off too, like, so eventually enough, 10 o'clock rolls around, got pilots like, yeah, we can go. Let's go. So we strap in. To get to the, uh, like, you know, when you kind of like start going, it's like half an hour still because the plane kind of like yep. goes around, taxis and everything. This one's like, okay, cool. Door closed, taxi. And it goes, three, two, one, lifts off. It was like under five minutes. And we're like, cool. this is awesome. Like, this is amazing. And yeah. I was reclined and like the takeoff was really sharp. It, like it was super vertical. And then yep. we go to cruise. And it's only like, Instead of like hour 10, hour 20, it was like 45 minutes or 50 minutes to the airport. I remember taking Very off easy. and it was so quiet. I, well, I put my air noise, like I put my AirPods in and I just fell mm-hmm. asleep. And the next thing I woke up, uh, there was New York City on my left in the window and we like landed. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is great. That's amazing. And that sounds fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. And here's the thing too, even the benefit too, is that customs it's so fast because there's a private room you get to and literally the guards are just like there just to check passports or just like the same as us. Yeah. Guys like, okay, bye. And I'm like, I literally could have smuggled like a lot of things in my backpack. Like from like, it was crazy because you don't go through security. You, I could have brought yeah. a knife to the plane. My water bottle was full. And I'm like, this is so weird. It's kind of like, it's equivalent of like commercial airlines, no matter how fast fancy they are, it's still taking a bus. This is like taking yeah. a taxi. Like you just get there fast. You get there yeah. fast. You have this kind of level of expectation of quality and you're just there. You're done. Like that's the purpose of private jets. Even though they're luxurious, you just get there fast and great. Yeah. And, but now this is me. I'm kind of like, I'm like driving home in my Tesla. Thank God. But I was like, my carbon footprint must be fucking huge oh i gotta do like good things for like a long time to like recover from this personally <laughs> yeah well it's good to hear that there was other people on the plane that were like you were just kind of like one stop on the way yeah that that makes it a little less bad than if it was like they send a private jet just for you and marquez to kind of randomly go to new york yeah but, but now uh, we're kind of like oh <laughs> i want a jet i want a marquez jet <laughs> yeah. um i i am Super happy for you. It sounds fucking incredible. Yeah. If you could only have one, either the efficiency and the speed of the experience or the luxury and comfort of the experience in terms of like once you're on the plane, like all that luxury versus like the amount of time saved and being driven right to the plane and kind of having your own exclusive path, which one would you pick? Uh, Well, okay. If it's speedy, am I by myself still or is it like a bunch of people? Um, you can like bring you and a few people, but it's not like you can have like 30 people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I meant like, here's the thing. It's like, like, cause me luxury for a flight is like room and space. Right. So if it's Mm -hmm. like speed, is it like, I'm still like crammed into like a private, like a private jet, but it's like economy style or is it like, I can still, yeah, it's going to be like a, it's going to be economy style, but you don't have to wait. You get like driven right through. There's no security. You yeah. go like right. You take off right away, um, and it's a super and maybe not flight. like economy, not shitty economy, but like you know, like international economy, even yeah. on like domestic flights. Okay. Um, or then, yeah. it takes just as long to go through security, like no Nexus, no Fast Pass or whatever, and you have to like go through the lines 
uh, and do everything. And it takes a bunch of time. But then once you get on the plane, it's a private jet. Okay. So, but it's, you have to wait yeah. in line. So yeah. the fast, okay. So the private jet expense, a luxury expense, is that like a 10 hour flight? And then the other flights, like a six hour flight, like that four hour difference. So, uh, I'm thinking more like for the rest of your life, every oh, time you take a plane, okay. you get to boost one. Cause yeah, if it's, I think it's pretty easy if it's like, oh, it's a 10 hour flight. Obviously I'll take the extra line, but I'll choose yeah. luxury. And if it's a 45 minute flight, then I'll choose a speed, but it's like, no, forever. You get to pick one speed. Yeah. As long as it's like super fast and it's like, I'm saving like 40% of my time. I think I would still go for speed just for the fact that, cause I've been one, two, three, I'm probably going to go for like four or five more flights this year. Um, sure. just because of work, there's don't, don't, don't at me with hate. Uh, it's just my life. My life is weird. It's work. Um, yeah, it's work. Um, yeah, I think it would take speed just with the fact that because like when when you're at this oh God this is so privileged when you're at this level, <laughs> you need to get to places fast and you need to get the mm. job done. And then because here's the thing is like especially in movie, video production, if you can get those done, uh, get there faster, you have more time to get a project done, especially on shoots time. Time is literally money because like, yeah, especially if you have to reshoot or, um, you know, for example, when Linus I and, De and Dennis were in Taiwan, uh, thank God we got to Asus in the morning because he, you know, Linus, I'm not going to complain about Linus's process. He took like four hours to write a script, then four hours to shoot. Mm -hmm. If we didn't get there at that time or we got there later, we would have been screwed. That video would not have come yeah. out and we would shoot. So it's like, yeah, I would take probably uh, speed all the time. If I could split it, mm -hmm. I would take luxury for personal and speed for business. But if I had to pick one yeah. for the rest of my life, speed. I would take speed every day. Yeah. Nah, I, I totally agree. I think especially when you travel for work, the speed would be incredible. Because it's like, especially now, the way we do travel, we, I have to mm -hmm. go to the border office before and get like all the gear signed off and inspected and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I'm usually... At the airport, minimum three and a half hours early now, oh and like sometimes four, depending. And so, if the idea of like being able to just like roll up and be like, "All right, I'm going on the plane, bye." Yeah, it <laughs> that was sounds so fucking. It was nice. so weird because like I like you know when you get on a flight, you have to go through like security, X-ray, nothing, nothing, literally nothing. You just like go on plane, and it's just like. Yeah. It's just, it was just such a, like, my brain broke for, like, that minute. I'm like, they're going to, like, customs going to come on this board. I'm going to get searched, like, later. Guys, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. the people passengers, like, that's not how it works on corporate. Don't worry. And then sometimes even Sick. faster. Yeah. Even, like, sometimes they said faster, sometimes on a corporate jet. Um, they say that they will, customers will just come on board with this facial scanner. And then you'll just be like, cool. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I yeah, I literally was broke, and I was like those other jets that were kind of coming in. I was just like looking at the windows. I'm like, is it famous? Someone famous? Someone famous? And I just didn't recognize anyone. God, it could be yeah. like like someone famous, and then I'm just so out of tune with normal celebrities. I just it's possible, but, but yeah, that's my experience. Yeah. It's really great. If you could ever fly private jet once, I'm sorry, environmentalist, do it. Um, and just plant a million trees afterwards, and then you'd be good. <laughs>
I don't. I, yeah, that's how it works. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I, I won't say I'm jealous, but I think that that's a really cool experience. And yeah, I hope I get to try it one time. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's the private jet. I think that brings us mostly to the end of the show. I think we're gonna do our little recommendations. Yeah. Uh, so we'll keep it brief. I'll go first. The show you should all be watching on Disney Plus is Muppets Mayhem. Really? It is a Muppets show about the band the electric mayhem uh yeah. so it's like the band oh. that's always appeared in the show yeah, yeah and yeah. it's like a show about them and it's lily singh and the kid from full house all grown up and basically they have to make an album so it's kind of like a music show but oh boy they got the tone of the muppets right and that's really fucking hard i find more often than not muppets stuff is just like not quite funny or it's not quite right but they nailed it the muppets are fucking awesome and if you <laughs> if you like the muppets at all I highly recommend Muppets Mayhem. It's a great show. Yeah. Uh, I'm super enjoying it. Uh, yeah. Jono, what about you? What are you? Uh, what's your recommendation? For I, I, it's already kind of leaked on Twitter, but freaking watch Bluey. It's eight minute episodes for kids, but for also for adults. And I myself, as someone who's 37, I watched all the seasons of every single episode <laughs> of Bluey. Holy crap. There was some episodes that just made me go, Oh, modern TV show writing sucks because I got more out of that episode from eight minutes than like 45 minutes of just like, oh, then this happened and then that happened, blah, blah, blah. Like they tell amazing stories. They have, I'm not like, I mean, the closest thing is I'm an uncle to seven nieces and nephews. So I kind of relate a little bit to how like parenting is, but um, not really. But there was like so many cool things and it also opened my mind of how a kid can operate and it kind of gave me more mm. context going, oh, that's why my nephew was acting like that. Oh, that's why my niece is <laughs> acting like that. Yeah. And then maybe more sense. understanding and patience. So, um, yeah, cool. it's super weird, but watch Bluey. It's just really good. And if you want to watch yeah. the good stuff, just go to season two, season three. That's when they heavy stuff happens because for example there's one that has like maybe child loss or if you're a good parent are you doing the right things if you're a parent watch it with your kids your kids will have a blast and you'll have a blast hell yeah okay so we're on a kids kids show kick this week muppets mayhem and bluey uh so if you want to give us your suggestions uh you can reach us at the let's wing it pod on twitter or let's wing it 22 at gmail.com mm-hmm. or our personal twitters uh me it's the, ch- the dot chosen dot david yeah. uh and jono is jonotan86 uh you can also uh if you send out a bat uh we're pretty good at hearing hypersonic sound so uh i'll go for a run and i'll find that bat uh just make sure that you leave a roll of one million dollars on the bat's feet and uh, i will find it and a private jet and a private jet, yes. Yeah. Attached to the bat. <laughs> uh, so that's going to make it for this week. Thanks for listening, everyone. I appreciate you. Uh, just we, we appreciate all our patrons. Uh, and I appreciate you, Jono. Okay. All right, I bye. appreciate you. But my stories are awesome. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't care. Interrupt me. It's what's wing it. Let's wing it. Bye.